Hey everyone, it's Matt Harmon from the Yahoo Fantasy Football Show. Are you sad there's no fantasy football going on right now? Yeah, me too. I've got good news for you though. It is fantasy baseball season right now. Join a public league, join an instant draft, or create a league with your buddies before opening day. It's Yahoo Fantasy Baseball time. Sign up for the 2024 fantasy baseball season at yahoo.com slash fantasy baseball or on the Yahoo Fantasy app. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. The coaches at Oklahoma and Notre Dame said, can't do it here. With his eyes, Pat Forty. It's shocking. These are the two most surprising days I have seen in, you know, 17 years of covering national college football. Here's Pat and Dan. Hi, welcome to the emergency pod. Man, the sequel the sequel to Rudy is really sucks for Notre Dame fans, doesn't it? Yeah. My love and devotion to this place is so sincere. We might make the playoff for the third time in four years. I'm sitting on a top five recruiting class. I've got the greatest collection of student athletes, and I'm out of here, baby. Pat, anything going on? Uh, we may do an emergency pod every night this week. I feel like we should just be on 20, which is live stream. <laughs> we really just should. Twitch. We should. <laughs> Twitch. So much crap it's... going on. By the way, Pete is not here. Pete's flying on an airplane. He's flying back to, to back home. to to uh, So he can't be on. So it's just Pat now. Yeah. Yeah. The news, obviously, Brian Kelly. It's it's you and me and a Sierra Nevada celebration oh, now because I, I oh. need one for tonight's emergency okay. pod. Okay, you and a lot of uh, <laughs> Irish fans. Yeah. Oh my God, Bayou Brian Kelly leaves with a group text that says, "Yeah, I'll talk to you tomorrow." Sorry, I gotta go. I, I can read you the group what text. Boss is leaving you and it makes you get up at like 6.30 to walk into the football office too. <laughs> That's a good point. 7am <laughs> meeting? Yeah, you know let, me read, let me read this. I ain't let going me, if I'm a Notre Dame player. Yeah. Men, let me first apologize for the late night text and more importantly for not being able to share the news with you in person that I'll be leaving Notre Dame. Well, just apologize for leaving. I am flying back to South Bend tonight to be able to meet with you in the morning, but the news broke late today, and I'm sorry you found out through social media or news reports. I'll have more to share with you when we meet tomorrow at 7 a.m. I mean, dude, it's like snowing in South Bend. Now, you these guys, poor kids. Our program, ain't your program anymore, nope. is elite because of your hard work and commitment. I know it. It will that will continue. Uh, whatever, Coach Kelly. I, I, I mean, we have got a lot to dig through here, okay? Oh, boy, do we. Now, look, we discussed whether Brian Kelly would leave like three weeks ago because all of us had heard Brian Kelly might leave. And we all kind of concluded, I thought he wanted the money. I, 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 I thought he would stay because his recruiting, he had the program where he wanted. He literally could make the third playoff in four years, and his recruiting's really good. But in the end, he did not, but it was certainly uh, so, you know, I think we all concluded he's probably not leaving, but there he goes. Let's just start with this. This sport is nuts. 
it's always been nuts. This is why we like it. But he's like one result. Cincinnati loses. Alabama loses by a couple touchdowns. Baylor beats Oklahoma State. Iowa's, any of any of these results, none of which would be like complete shockers. And and he's in the playoffs. Or Notre Dame's in the playoffs. And he leaves. I like what coach. I, I we'll get to all whether it's a smart career, long-term money. I'm not gonna, I'm not beating on Brian Kelly, but it's like, coach, dude, we got a chance, right? Ah, no, we don't. We're it's a four-team playoff. There's only four, and we could be one of them. And the coach is like, Yeah, yeah, these other guys went six and six, though. I think I'll go coach them. Yeah. <laughs> Like what? It's mind boggling. Like it it says to me a couple of things. First of all, it says he's thinking, even if we're making that playoff, we're getting housed and I'm tired (laughs) of getting housed in the playoff, which is true. I think I do think it's probably true, but man, you don't normally see the coach admit it. Oh no, (laughs) no, you don't. It's, I mean, you know, this, this, this goes so far against Everything coaches talk to players about from that first January meeting when they all come back, when they make them come back to school early from Christmas break because they've got to start doing the conditioning because we got to build a unit. We've got to build togetherness. You know, at 6 a.m. on a 10-degree day in South Bend, we all got to drag our asses out of bed and go into the indoor facility and run till we puke. We got to do that to build togetherness for this team. We're all going to grab the rope together. Hey, you know what? I gotta go to I gotta go to LSU. Sorry, uh, we might go to the playoff. Yeah, gotta go. Gotta go. What a hypocrite. What a I, weasel. I, I have just never heard of a coach quit on the final four. <laughs> like it's it's just not a long shot. Like it's I, even by my my anyone listens to this podcast knows I bring incredible cynicism <laughs> to everything. But I say, God, you might make the playoff. And the reason he's doing it. And this is the this is a telling part of college football. And this is where we are at in college football with the speculation and the potential and all of that. And I don't I'm not even going to argue that he's wrong about this. He he wants to win a national title. This is a great football coach. He won two Division two national titles. He built the Cincinnati program to where they went undefeated. Then he left them before a big bowl game back when those things mattered to go to Notre Dame. And he's the winningest coach at Notre Dame. Of course, he didn't win a national title, but it's a whole different world now uh you're not getting poll voters that only watch you on tv and all that you got to earn it he's maxed out notre dame probably he wants to win a national title he's 60 years old he looks at the sport and i don't disagree with him but he looks and says lsu which is 11 and 11 the last two years has a better chance of winning i can win a national championship there better than i can at this program that is I think they're 44 and six the last four years and could make a third play literally in the playoff and thinks I can't win it there. And so beyond the, the lack of like, Hey, let's give this thing a try. Maybe we spring an upset. This would be the greatest story ever. You know, the, 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 the Rudy mythology of college football where it is, and it's thicker at Notre Dame than anywhere. He literally is like, can't be done here. I'm out. I'll rather rebuild at LSU. Yeah. No, that's what this boils down to. And I wrote this, you know, he's seen Najee Harris leap over his tacklers. He has seen Trevor Lawrence pick his secondary apart. He has seen, 
C.J. Mosley sack his quarterback. Those are your last three times Notre Dame came within a sniff of a national title and they got housed. And he said, I need more of those guys and I need a place where it's easier to get them, get them in school and get all the accoutrements that players say they want and need these days. And so he's going to one of the very few schools that's been able to win a national championship in the last 10 years. We're talking about Alabama, Clemson, LSU, Ohio State. Notre Dame has been very good. Notre Dame has not been championship good. He wants to go someplace where he can close that gap. There's no doubt about that. The thing is, as it was put to me, I think that Kelly has wearied of trying to push Notre Dame off of being what Notre Dame has always been. Somebody said that that if he leaves, it's going to be because he wants Notre Dame to be, quote, less Notre Dame-like, which means theoretically, all right, look, he's already gotten Notre Dame to make some exceptions, more, more academic exceptions than it used to make. Uh, he has gotten Notre Dame to build some facilities. What other things? Okay, well, majors. Maybe he would like to see some different majors involved. Maybe he wants more academic exceptions. Maybe he doesn't want the freshman players to not be able to live with each other and have to live with regular students. Maybe he wants a slide and a waterfall on a miniature golf course that Notre Dame ain't going to do. Uh, maybe he wants different scheduling, whatever the case. Maybe he wants ACC affiliation or conference affiliation of some kind. Those things Notre Dame is not going to do. Not for even Brian Kelly, the winningest coach in school history. So don't ask. Those are non-starters. Notre Dame hadn't won a national title since 1988. Guess what? They're in the top 10 in the country in endowment. They're in the top 20 in everybody's academic rankings. It hasn't hot, Winning at football hasn't stopped Notre Dame from doing the things that Notre Dame most takes pride in, which is those, which is making money and putting out elite academic products. So people, uh, people sometimes ask like, like Brian, the, the battles Brian Kelly had, like the, one of them, I'm going to get the story, maybe some of the details wrong, but Notre Dame wants their football players to be normal students. So yes, you live in a dorm and this is not the plushest dorm and no. it's not at a place, you know, there's a lazy river going around the dorm. Okay. They got a golden dome and a lot of snow and a grotto and it's a beautiful place if that's what you like. But they used to have to eat in the dining common or whatever they call it. And the players had to get done with practice and go to the dining common before the dining common closed and eat with the regular students. And early on in his tenure, he had to fight to allow them to have a training table for the players late. And they didn't want to do that because the players now weren't eating like regular students. But the team would, these guys would miss dinner enough that they'd like lose strength and lose weight like during the season. And, and, and it was just a simple, like, come on. I mean, this is easy stuff, right? The offensive line needs to <laughs> needs to eat. That was the kind of stuff that, that you have to fight. Notre Dame's very hesitant on those things. So it's a, what Brian Kelly's done at Notre Dame, I think we've always been quite, you know, we've, we're always praising, like, my goodness, this guy just wins football games. He's done an incredible job at Notre Dame. They had the one bad year and he rebooted it. So this is a, this is a great coach. This is a guy who's won a lot of games. And, and the thing that he does with LSU, because LSU has got player after player wants to go there. Everyone in Louisiana, not only is it the only Power 5 school in Louisiana, but the kids in Louisiana all want to play for LSU. I think they have the top eight players right now in the state of Louisiana still committed to LSU, and they <laughs> haven't had a coach for two months. Yeah, right. Okay? And they all just stuck on their commitment waiting to see who LSU would get. They all want to play at LSU. There's tons of great players. He looks at this thing and says, okay, Saban got it going again. 
Saban modernized it in 03. And they got all the institutional might. Les Miles and Ed Orgeron both won national titles. There isn't a coach in the country that thinks either of those guys is a good coach. (laughs) They didn't win it because of those guys and their schematic advantages. They won it in spite of those guys. Les Miles is like chewing grass and going with hunches and things. And Coach O's just running around. <laughs> Mangling go, go, the clock. Yeah. yeah, go Tigers and taking his shirt off and stuff, right? And yeah, <laughs> clock management, everything. If you're Brian Kelly, you're like, these two won a national title. I'm going to win a national title here. I got a shot. I can't beat Bama, Ohio State, all of that. The, the top-heavy nature of this sport which none of the fans liked and has actually kind of waned a little bit this year, ironically, has now so off-kiltered the sport that the coaches at Oklahoma and Notre Dame said, can't do it here. Yeah. And that is unbelievable spot for this sport to be in. It really is. I mean, it's it's shocking. These are the two most surprising days I have seen in you know 17 years of covering national college football. I just can't remember anything like it. I mean, when when have ever a coach at one high, high major left for another high, high major job? Not Urban Meyer took, some, you know, one of his t- spells off or <laughs> somebody got tired of a guy and he got fired and he went there. Like these guys got to those jobs and they stayed like Joe Pye. He just stayed for 60 years and Osborne and Bo and Woody and Bear Bryant and like, you know, Saban a little, but he went to the NFL or Spurrier and, you know, it just that, doesn't happen. The only the only time wildly successful, popular coaches have left those jobs is to go to the NFL or retire. That's it. Or so, the scandal or something. Or scandal. Yeah. Yes. Or yeah, very yeah. Switzer scandal. Uh, but but no, this but doesn't retire. happen. It doesn't happen. And it's happened two days in a row. I mean, it is it is just shocking. And it just if the whole sport, you know, has just we've just had this massive paradigm shift that's been occurring. If you go back, you know, and I I don't know exactly how causal it all is. NIL transfer portal, which really have been small potatoes compared to what the adults have done. The adults were all worried that was going to just throw the sport into chaos. That hasn't. But what no. has is what the adults have done with Texas and Oklahoma realigning. And then all of a sudden, everybody else realigns. And then everybody gets twitchy and has to fire their coaches during the season. And then we get to this point now where you've got blue blood on blue blood crime and USC raids Oklahoma and LSU raids Notre Dame. And Notre Dame's coach says, well, we may make the playoff, but I can't be there. Here's a group text. I mean, what in the hell is going on? See you at seven. Yes. <laughs> so the interesting thing with Lincoln Riley and, and Brian Kelly, okay, two very different people. And Oklahoma and Notre Dame, two very different programs. Those two, to me, the last few years have been the most fascinating programs to watch in recruiting. Uh, not the best. It's not like well, George has turned it on like crazy, right? And that's why George is number one. Oklahoma got the three straight playoffs. Honestly, they should have beat Georgia. You know, they could have beat Georgia with Baker Mayfield, and and they would have had a really good shot against Alabama to win that game. And there's a whole argument of like their defense wasn't as good as Georgia's. It's like Tua come in as a replay. Like there's a whole there's a sliding door thing where where Lincoln yeah. Riley wins a national title. And you could talk to any Oklahoma fan. They they've mapped it out pretty well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sit in one of those diners in East Enid we'll go to. They got, they'll tell you how the Sooners actually could have. Then 
Oklahoma gets crushed two straight years in the playoff. Notre Dame's been to the BCS title game and then two playoffs. They got crushed. I mean, they're just they're not a they they can't compete. In the last couple of years, Riley and and Kelly have upgraded recruiting in a significant factor, even for two schools that always got good players. They stopped with the we're good enough having the eighth best recruiting class. And Brian Kelly said, we can't beat Alabama on the field until we beat them for kids they really want. And the same thing with Oklahoma. And so if you Lincoln Riley starts getting Malachi Nelson and he's got he's got all these five stars from Florida and California, he's bringing them in. Because if you look at Oklahoma, I looked this up today on a column or I don't know when I wrote this column now. It's too many columns. Oklahoma has produced one rivals five star player since 2007 when Gerald McCoy came up. Wow, that's it. Daxton Hill, who's at Michigan, one five star. Okay, the other school states in the SEC, every one of them's produced a ton. Oklahoma only has four million, less than four million people. I thought it was bigger. South Carolina is bigger than that, a million more, and they produce tons of five stars. Let alone Georgia, Florida, Louisiana, Tech. So Oklahoma is always fighting on the other turf, and so these two had actually upgraded it, and you could see it. It was like, okay. We have to go into the lines. We have to fight and win and get the best quarterback. We can't. We have to get the best lineman. We have to get this, 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 this. And even as they're doing it, in the last 24 hours, both of them said, can't do it. Can't yeah. do it. Oklahoma said, I can't be in the SEC and beat these guys week in, week out. Not in a state that doesn't produce five stars that are going to line up the way LSU is a tr- dumpster fire and they fire their coach and they got two win state five stars going, nah, I ain't going nowhere, right? Oklahoma can't, they have to go to Dallas. They get, they're and, and Texas now is getting recruited by Alabama. Everyone's recruiting Texas now. It's a much different, and they're going to have to go in against two SEC. Pro- he said, forget it. I'm going out West. I can, I can own LA and I got an easier path. And Brian Kelly sat there and said, as good as my classes are right now, I can't do it. I'll go to LSU and take it. I think that's absolutely fascinating that these two guys, very different, both wave the white flag at places, at schools that have an, an immense amount of pride that never wave the white flag. Yeah. No, it does show you the very narrow point at the top of the pyramid. There ain't many schools that can stand at the very top. And so if you get a chance to go to one of them, that theoretically can get you there when you when you can get to the second or third highest step and then get your face kicked in. Okay, eventually you want to try something different, and that's apparently what uh, what they both decided. They, it's just you know the amazing thing to me. Like I, I mean, they both still just shock me. But Riley at age thirty eight and having been at Oklahoma for what like five years, less entrenched than Brian Kelly, age sixty having been at Notre Dame more than a decade. Now, Kelly may have just been sitting there saying, look, I got one move left in me, and this is it, and I'll see how it goes, and might be looking. He's 60. Nick Saban is 70. He's figuring I can outlast Saban. Give me, if he's, if Saban's in for five, I can be in for 10, and maybe I'm ready to, to fill that vacuum there. But you still also have Georgia and Kirby Smart and everybody else in that league. So. Everyone else coming. But, yeah, I think he's looking and saying, if Coach O and Les Miles can do it, yeah, I can do it. They right. can they, they they you know, I, I, I can get those players. So we mentioned the playoff and this has been my thing with the playoff. And one of the reasons I've been so pro playoff expansion is I think the playoff, uh, the NIL, 
the portal and the playoff are all going to expand the number of contenders. And I never thought it would get to the point where Oklahoma and Notre Dame were losing their coaches because they have to get to the tip of that spear. But the bigger the tournament, the more variables, right? The more unpredictability. And a playoff trip isn't a death sentence where you just get curb stomped because you're automatically in the semis. You can build your program with early round victories. True. The way you win that that home game, if they ever do this thing, and Notre Dame's winning a home game against, you know, whoever they're playing, Ole Miss or Wisconsin, it's some exciting game, and the the stadium's crazy. It draws in more people. Gonzaga's got arguably the best program in America in basketball, and they get the number one recruit now every year. They were luck. They were just trying to make a the, the the NCAA tournament, and then then it was Sweet Sixteens, and then it was you know build, 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 build. If you just had taken the early early Gonzaga teams and just thrown them in against Kentucky in like 1996, they, and they lose by 45 points, everyone laughs at them. It's gone. You build parity in the sport. The problem is it's a little too late now because clearly what we've had is everything's about these two or three teams at the top that could just destroy everyone else. So I think the playoff will help. I think the NIL will help. And I think the transfer portal will help. Where we're at right now as a sport is in a bad spot. I mean, I love it. You love it. The theater of the absurd and the soap opera is great. <laughs> I don't really care. But if I'm a Notre Dame fan or Oklahoma fan right now, I'm not thinking this is the greatest sport going right. I mean, what do we got to do to keep a coach? Right. No, no, no. I, I mean, I agree with you in theory that, yes, an expanded playoff and the those wins would be huge wins. I mean, people would be so excited, A, to make the playoff, and then you win an on-campus game. Oh, my God. People are going to talk about that for years, you know, if especially if you are a striver like you get you are Cincinnati last year and you get somebody into Nippert and you win that game. Holy crap, you know, that it's not – like you're a four seed and go get smoked by a number one seed. You have that moment of glory first, and then maybe you get smoked in the semifinals. Uh, lacking that, no. I mean, it, 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 is, it is such a small pool still. I mean, we're, we're looking at this year's playoff, and I think most people are thinking, well, Georgia's way better than almost everybody. Maybe Michigan has a chance, but whoever Georgia plays in that 1-4 game, look out. Uh, that could be an ugly game. That the lack of compelling semifinals has made it, the sport seem even more lopsided than it, than it was before. Yeah, LSU and USC. I think I said in the last pod, like I want to see if it, USC got the deal done. They fired their coach early, and they made it. They made it work. They got Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley says he didn't hear anything about this. Didn't talk to USC until after Bedlam. I'm sure his agent. Sure. Did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yet again, <laughs> coaches only lie when their mouths Don't move. they both have and... the same agent, too? Yeah, they do have the both the same agent. Mm -hmm. We can also get into this point where these are, you know, I don't know about these guys, but the coaches bemoaning people sitting out bowl games or the transfer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. But anyway, yeah, I mean, you really would make a life-changing decision right after an emotional game where you lose and you get, get a text or something like, you up? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be over in the morning. Uh, yeah. Like, I don't think so. But Notre Dame is scrambling. Oklahoma is scrambling now. But but LSU and and LSU and congratulations to LSU and USC. They used the time to early fire. Dude, everyone's getting fired early. Hey, Sark, 
Yeah. <laughs> buddy, you better win God. in you better win in September, boy. Man, they're good. Everyone's gonna fire early now and start working on their guys. Okay. Because this worked geniusly for these two. And now Oklahoma and Notre Dame are sitting there holding back. Let's start with Notre Dame. Where do they go? Can Luke Fickle? <laughs> I don't think he's leaving before his playoff appearance. He ain't pulling the same Brian Kelly weasel move. No. Luke Fickle is an ideal person for that job. Midwest, he's kind of blocked on going to the one he really wants, which is Ohio State, where he's the interim coach. We talked about, like, what about Michigan? Could he could he do that someday? But Harbaugh's now all set. Penn State's not going to open. Luke Fickle may stay. They're going to the Big 12. He may stay for a long time. One thing about this, one, one thing that's funny is the two coaches, one school and one coach that were patient are, are sitting pretty right now. Michigan. Yep. Didn't fire Harbaugh and Luke Fickle didn't just jump at whatever the hell it was, you know, go coach Auburn or something like that. Yeah. But is it Luke Fickle? Is it going to be Marcus Freeman who's going to get a shot to be maybe the interim coach here, the young defensive coordinator? Is it Matt Campbell, who some moderately good work at Toledo and Iowa State? Uh, is that the one exciting? You know, the, the home run shot is is Urban. Urban would bail. Yeah, he got sick. He got yeah. sick on Monday and it's uh, <laughs> healthy by Wednesday. No, I don't. What's Notre Dame going to do? Uh, man, I, I mean, I think you wait on Fickle. If you, if you, if you, again, I said this before about other jobs. We discussed this, and Pete was saying you put yourself too far behind the eight ball. Look, Fickle's young. He, I mean, he could be a twenty-year coaching star. If you can get him, if you think that you can get him, you wait for Luke Fickle till after this playoff run. You know, I would not let the timetable of one recruiting cycle get in the way of that. And I do think if you're Notre Dame, this is one you you got a shot. Now you'd have to again, you'd have to do the agent back channels and and all that to to make sure it could happen. But if it can, I would I would absolutely wait on him. Uh, you know, some some people threw out some to me some names that you know from an academic parallel standpoint like pat fitzgerald at northwestern david shaw at stanford both those guys are coming off horrible seasons and there's been real declining returns at stanford so you know i'm not sure they're all that attractive right now bob stoops is a guy who's he's had his name come up with notre dame in the past hey john harbaugh's daughter's playing lacrosse there i think he's gonna leave the ravens middle of the season leave the ravens and go there (laughs) maybe they can do the um the Cliff Kingsbury bit. He's still like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not going to discuss it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, so like a, a Pat, <laughs> two things there is like, can you, can you see the long game and are you going to be right about it? Right. Right. David Shaw or, or Pat Fitzgerald could be phenomenal. Can you deal with the fact that they're not going that well? Or do you just sit there and say, yeah, that's all right. Ohio state, when they made Luke fickle an interim coach. Now look, that, Trussell went, I think, on Memorial Day, but they didn't jump on someone. They just made Fickle as the interim, and then they sat and waited for Urban. They got Urban. So I'm with you on the one, like, stop being a total rush. Everything's, it's it's now next, next, next. It's not even now, now, now. We're not even waiting five yeah. days to get into the playoff, right? Right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I don't know. This is, uh, I, 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 Jack Swarbrick's a very good AD, but this is, a, this is also a very tricky job. It's It's not easy, and you get the wrong guy. All right, let's go to Oklahoma. Uh, they they got signs calling Lincoln Riley a traitor on campus. The the transfer portal is full. 
the, the Dr. Pepper transfer portal. Everyone's running down to that thing. <laughs> Lincoln Riley's out in California, basking in the sun, feeling it. Uh, it's it's a little ugly. Where does where does Oklahoma go? A lot of discussion. I've I've heard the buzz on on uh, Brent Venables, the uh, Clemson defensive coordinator. We it's funny we were theorizing would they go with the d- defensive coordinator from from the SEC to help this transition the way they once did with Bob Stoops when they got him out of Florida. They go that route. Well, uh, Venables is at uh he was at Clemson. Same same difference anyway. Where do you go? Where do you go with them? And and what do you need? To, to make this work at uh at Oklahoma. There could be an announcement uh you know one minute after this hits and we gotta do another emergency pod. I I don't know. <laughs> That's everybody be ready. We might be live stream twitching the whole damn rest of the week. What's the CNN guy, Wolf? What he's like, stand by. <laughs> stand by. You know yeah. That's right. That's why we I don't can watch. always break into coverage. I watched during that election, and it would take days. Stand by. We no, you're not. You, nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. <you> go ahead. <laughs> well, I know where I, where I am going. I'm going to my second beer of this podcast. Oh, all right. Now, I'm so, t- I'm sorry. This is it's been it's been that kind of day here. But uh, for Oklahoma, yeah, I mean the, the Venables buzz was strong uh today um you know there's been some talk about mark stoops there's been talk about matt campbell i I still found it a little bit curious at least that the the announcement of bob stoops as the interim coach didn't say i'm only coaching one game it just said he's the interim coach we'll see how much bob likes being the interim coach i don't think they're necessarily proceeding with the thought that bob's going to come back but the way things are going, I mean, you don't rule out anything at this point. You know, the Venables thing's interesting. I mean, he has – talk about a guy who has stayed put and been patient. Uh, that was one place he had great success there. There was some talk that he and Stoops had eventually fallen out a bit, but I know that Joe Castiglione still has a good relationship with the Venables. And at some point in time, whether, you know, whether he fell out with uh, – whether Stoops fell out with Venables or Stoops fell out with Josh Heupel, who's at Tennessee, who he had fired. Bob Stoops can't make all the decisions if he's not the head coach. Joe Castiglione has to make those decisions. And if they think Venables is the guy, you get him. He's had success. Joe C. has had success, a lot of success, with guys who didn't have head coaching experience. So Venables would fit into that uh, as well. It's one of those jobs, though, you've got to be ready to say, okay, I'm going in and I'm going to take on Nick Saban and now I'm going to take on Brian Kelly at LSU and I'm going to take on Kirby Smart and on and on and on. And it's like, wow, that it's a good job, but it's a hard job. It was a great job in the Big 12. Yes. You won and won and won and won. You had an advantage over everybody. You 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 avoided the dysfunction of Texas, uh, which when when they pull all pulling together on the occasion does have more advantages than you because they're in the state of Texas. But Oklahoma's formula worked for <laughs> decades. You changed the formula, and that's why Lincoln Riley is gone. If you have a fan base that's a little cranky because you're going twelve and two, and you're sitting there going, "Dude, I, I can't." I cannot consistently do that in the SEC. They don't have the in-state recruiting talent. They have to go somewhere else, just like Notre Dame, and win on someone else's turf. And like you said, that job just got worse. LSU's got a guy who can really coach now. Yeah. You know? And, <laughs> and and you know what? Sam Pittman ain't too bad over at Arkansas. Right. And 
Lane Kiffin, if he stays in Mississippi, doing a very good job there. Jimbo Fisher is, is yeah. cranking. You have to – this is why the guy who was best equipped to bring them there was Lincoln Riley. He had cachet. Every skill player does love seven on seven, loves Lincoln Riley's system. And that's why he was nailing he's, – he's, he's landing quarterbacks out of L.A. and wide receivers from Florida and running backs from Southern California like, – from Orange County, like he's going all over to get kids because they want to go play for Lincoln Riley. So you have to find somebody who can do that because what 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 you're seeing in these decisions is the ability to get the elite player and not those recruiting class rankings. The biggest disservice the recruiters do, and I understand why they do it, is this top 25 class thing. I always bring this up, but a five-star is a first-round draft pick. 30, there's 30, 35 of them a year. It's like the NFL. And your top 100 or your top three rounds and your 250 is, is a draftable player. There are four stars that run to like 500. Those are undrafted free agents. They're not all the same. And when, like, right now, Georgia has six five stars committed. You're going to have insane. six first round draft picks. Yeah, Imagine a team in the NFL, teams will trade two first round draft picks to move up eight spots, right? <laughs> a top five guy is much better than 25 to 30. It's just the, the, the talent evaluation now is way different than the old days. Everybody's on film. They have in scouting departments. You have these, anal, you have these old head coaches sitting around helping, helping uh, Nick Saban watch video. Like yeah. it's, it's a whole different ball game. You can't just seed and go, well, look, we, this is, that's Notre Dame, right? They got a whole bunch of nice kids there. Well, this guy came in, he's 183rd, and this guy was 314. Those guys, they can't play against the guys sixth. That guy, he can't cover Devontae Smith. <laughs> it's not going to happen. So that's the guy who gets leaped by Hashi Harris. Yeah. You have to have him. So Oklahoma has to find somebody who can recruit better than Oklahoma has ever recruited, pretty much. Uh, you know, and, and I know how good Oklahoma's been, but Barry Switzer didn't have to play this murderer's row. Right. But he, you have to have that level guy. And so that's the challenge for Oklahoma. They have gone. They're going. And I think they'll do fine. It's a great place to go play football. It's a great school to play football at. They will do all the bells and whistles. But you have to find someone who can recruit on a national level because you, you no longer have the advantage of local talent. No, I mean, that they... <sighs> It's one of those things we, as we have talked about on this podcast many times, is until the fans see that it's going to work and work really well, you're asking them to say, to cheer for increased revenue and better buildings and more staff. Okay, great. That's why you're going to the SEC? Well, is it going to translate to actually winning? Because that's what they care about. And if it doesn't, then you've screwed the pooch. So they need to have this thing work out where you can go into the SEC and make more money and build everything you want to build and, you know, pay everyone what you want to pay them and then still go 12 and one and go to the, uh, to the college football playoff. Yeah. And, and at this level of salary and this level of, uh, yeah, you're gone quick because yeah, it's no fun. See every stadium. Once they have that six and six season or that seven and five season, the stadium's two thirds full. LSU, one of the greatest places to watch a football game until they're losing, and it's half full, you know? So it's like there's so much to this where it's like, well, we got more revenue. You know what I think is fun is winning, you know? We talk about those teams that jump from FCS to FBS, and it's like, whoa, this is, we're in with the big guys now. It's like 
Yeah, it looks like they have a lot of fun in Montana, North Dakota State. Yeah. Like, do you want to you want to be right. that or you want to get killed? It, you know, even these conference jumps, these conference jumps rarely work. Right. Nebraska had a lot more fun when they were in the Big 12. Colorado Ooh. had a lot more fun when they were in the Big 12. Boston College, Syracuse, these programs used to be something. West Virginia, like, it's just, it doesn't, once you change that formula, you think you're going to be the one that's special. Maybe Oklahoma's special, but you better get this right. Same with Notre Dame. They better get this thing right. I will, you know, especially when you're now going to go to a 12-team playoff and there is a pretty easy route into that playoff sitting right where you were. Yeah. So if you don't yeah. take my word for it, take uh, L.A. Lincoln's. <laughs> L.A. Lincoln and Bayou Brian, baby. All right. So the compensation deals are incredible. Dennis Dodd's claiming maybe it's $15 million for Kelly. I don't know if that's true, but it's going to be, it's good. Like once the market got reset by Mel Tucker. Yeah. Everything's like totally blown out of the water now, you know? Right. I'm not saying Mel wasn't worth it. I, I advocated that Michigan State had to pay big to keep him. But like if, if you're anybody, you're like, this guy had one winning season and he's getting $95 million? Yo. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Everybody's agent's like, my record's <laughs> better than his record. Yeah. What well, am I getting? But the uh, the Lincoln Riley one uh, is is pretty funny. Uh, there's a, a whole bunch. Of, uh, who knows if this is true? USC is a is a private school. I have no idea if they'll ever release this stuff, or you got to figure it out later. And they they say who their highest paid. Uh, supposedly 110 million. How many years did he get? Do we know? Ten? Maybe Not 11 sure. million a year. I don't. know. Whatever. Yeah, he's making nine a ton. Years, whatever. Yes, he's making Couple more more than double figure millions. This is from uh, Robert Hefner. The fifth, who is a Sooner insider, his Twitter feed talks about energy and technology. I don't know, but let's let's say this is true because who the hell cares? It's a podcast. <laughs> USC is buying both of Lincoln's homes in Norman. Apparently, had two homes <laughs> in Norman. It's such a big city that you know you need one near campus and then one somewhere else i mean maybe norman is about the size of east enid and west enid okay well he does i did look up his his uh real estate i found one of them that was like yeah. a nice 2.1 million dollar got a nice pool all that anyway uh usc is buying both homes in norman for 500,000 over asking oh, i don't well just ask for like 10 million dollars right <laughs> i don't know or 500 grand more than it's worth that's essentially a million dollar bonus right there. Um, so how psyched are you of the neighbors? Because your Zillow numbers is going to, I mean, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, because I, my guess is he bought a house as an assistant and kept it. And then he got the head coach and he bought the big house, right? Probably. The assist, yeah. That the makes assistant sense. house. I mean, you know, he, that thing might only be like, you know, $250,000 house or something. All, it might be just in a regular neighborhood, right? Right. Can't and all keep, of a sudden. Can't be they, keeping that. But yeah, uh, they have to buy him a six million dollar home in L.A. So that's like a two bedroom, <laughs> small lawn, yeah, small lawn, yeah, and then unlimited use of the private jet twenty four seven for his family. You know, I mean, if he's getting all those things, good for Lincoln Riley. And <laughs> I, <laughs> the the other like. People are, oh, the cost of living. Screw the cost of living. If you're making that much money, you can afford the cost of no, living. The, somebody was talking about the taxes. Like, all right, come on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Everyone always says, like, no one lives in California anymore, except, like, the 40 million people who do. Yeah. Everyone moved out. It's yeah. a Yogi Berra thing, right? <laughs> I, I, yeah. It's uh, too crowded. Nobody goes there anymore. Right. Um, 
All right. One other uh, for the emergency pod. Uh, we just we couldn't do it, but uh, we just had to mention this. TCU made their official announcement for Sonny Dykes as the new coach. And uh, it's just epic. They had an entrance via helicopter. <laughs> they flew the helicopter right into the stadium there and landed it uh, just near the 50-yard line. Uh, and as fans stood and cheered, I wrote on Twitter, like, if I had to try to explain this sport to, like, an alien, <laughs> I just... <laughs> what does the helicopter got to do with anything? <laughs> We we can't just put him in a limo to go from Fort Worth to <laughs> Dallas or Dallas to Fort Worth. Sorry, we you know yeah no we if we're gonna take him across the Tom Landry Expressway there from I thirty five E to I thirty five W, we got to go splashy man. We got to we got to get the helicopter. It's unbelievable. I, yeah, I mean it was the definitely the best entrance. <laughs> um, what they you know and it's a lot cheaper than this. LSU needs to like, I don't know what Brian Kelly's got to leave that meeting. on like a rocket ship. Get like Elon Musk's <laughs> rocket ship. <laughs> That's it. Jetpack, you know, yeah, something because. And then uh, yeah, people are like, Cal gave him an Uber to get out of there after going 19 and 30. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Sonny Dykes got a copter, man. That's where we're that? at in this sport. That's where we're at. Sonny's got the swag copter. Golly. I mean, coming off that solid four and four season in the uh, <laughs> yeah. American Athletic Conference, you need a yeah. copter. Yeah. Remember the last guy that was coptering around Texas was Kevin Sumlin. He got fired. Uh, well, let me say this. People, uh, just to wrap this, people uh, generally do not want to root for Notre Dame. I want Notre Dame to make this playoff. I want Marcus Freeman to lead him to a national championship. And I want every one of those players to just cuss out Brian Kelly and have Brian Kelly sitting in his his uh, oversized mansion making recruiting calls going, I could have I could have won a national title at Notre Dame. And they'll make movies about it, buddy. Oh, I'm telling you, you know what this is? Dan, this is 1989 NCAA tournament uh -huh. Michigan when Bill Frieder set up the deal to go to Arizona State, but said, I'll stay through the tournament. And Bo Schemberlecker was the AD, and he said, a Michigan man will coach Michigan in the tournament. That's The Notre Dame man's going to coach Notre Dame in the playoff if they make the playoff, and it ain't going to be Brian Kelly. I, I don't I don't normally root. I don't care who wins these things. Come on, man. That would just be <laughs> fantastic. It would be pretty awesome. These four guys that they get dragged to the 7 a.m. meeting tomorrow. <laughs> Double bird. Get out of here. We're going to win this damn thing. That's the opening scene the movie, right? Plus movie. Yeah. Yes. We're yeah. walking in the freezing. Get that style. old man out of here. Get that old man out of here. We're just going to, right? We just got to go win the whole They're damn thing. They're all handing in their jerseys <laughs> at, at 7 a.m. meeting. They get in as the four seed, just beat the crap out of Georgia. Like, just <laughs> coming out of the gates, just Brian uh, Kelly, just making, yelling at him on the television. Oh, uh, yeah. Could be Good great. Thing. So that's what we we need. Uh, we need Alabama to lose to Georgia, and we need Oklahoma State to lose to Baylor. Boom! I think it can happen. Or Cincinnati lose, or, or Cincinnati. Lose. Yeah, yeah. No, or I mean, Michigan there's lose. A, there's plenty of options. Again, this is not like a. Not no, like it's not pulling an inside straight. Like it's like yeah. eh. not yeah. far fetched. We'll be back tomorrow with more mayhem. Keep subscribing. <laughs> You're new to the pod. You're missing out. We have a subscription free. Get what you pay for. Share us on social media. Tell your friends about us. We'll get Pete back tomorrow. We'll do the normal pod. 
And uh, who knows? A lot quick of salute, quick salute for to Pete for breaking the news on. Uh, yeah, great on, job on, by Pete. Sources. Yeah. <laughs> Pete finally sources. Finally, sources paid off. He did a good job on that one. And uh, props to Sully for uh, putting this thing together quick. We will talk to you later. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.